0: the cheese heads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Pax What She Said." Now here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. We saw like what who this team is, and that they can win these games. And yeah, I don't know. It, it would have been nice to be two and zero because they're going into a stretch of playing three games in twelve days, which we can probably get into. But um, I don't feel I don't feel horrible about this loss.
1: Yeah, and I think the hard part here too is it, it certainly wasn't to the extent, right, of like going into the fell or the Cardinals a couple of years ago with like your fifth, sixth, and seventh wide receivers or anything like that. But Jordan Love was undermanned, right? He didn't have Christian Watson, he didn't have his starting left tackle who played lights out in week one. Elton Jenkins goes down early. He didn't have Aaron Jones. I thought, you know, given the players that he had at his disposal and him still going into his third career NFL start, he I mean Zach Cruz tweeted it earlier. He still leads the league in passer rating through two weeks, which is just if you had told Packers fans like, yeah, there's going to be some bumps and bruises, but you're going to start the season one and one and Jordan Love is going to look really good. They would have taken that. Anyone would have taken that. And I think, you know, I'm curious your thoughts on this. I don't think it was just like the Aaron Rodgers effect or the Packers of old when the Packers got the ball back for their final drive. I had confidence that Jordan Love could get it done. Like, I thought they could get into field goal range. It wasn't like a, oh, oh shoot, here we go kind of moment. Like, there was some confidence there and some optimism because we'd seen him put together drives. And uh, we'll talk about, like, favorite plays late- later. But I thought there was a lot to really like on offense, but some head scratchers as well that I'm sure we'll get into. Of course.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the key takeaway here is w- the Packers didn't lose this game because of Jordan Love that that's yes. my my like key takeaway from this game is did he have an amazing lights out game no he was 14 for 25 like 150 something yards three touchdowns no interceptions and one a of them was a, a little struggle, yeah, yeah. but yeah a little trouble but whatever it's, we'll take it like right. a very like kind of nondescript above-ish average day he put up they put up 24 points that should be enough to win a game Right. And and the, the, the surrounding pieces of this team need to do more because he's not going to be superhero and he shouldn't yet have to put the team on his back in a way to like drive down the field and, and score later down the road. I think that's something that should be expected of him if he is to be a franchise quarterback. That is something that all of the great top 10 quarterbacks can do in this league. But I don't think it's fair to have expected that of him, but you're right. I mean, at the end I was like 54 seconds. They, they could the do right? I didn't think so, but if it had happened, that would have been like above and beyond. So right. I think the one thing, my takeaway, I guess, like I said, is like Jordan Love did not lose this game for this team. He didn't put the ball in harm's way. Did he make, you know, the best, most accurate throws in the world? Oftentimes, no. Did he have some really beautiful throws in this game? Hell yeah. I mean, the last throw to Samori Toure was gorgeous on the money. Unfortunately, Toure couldn't haul it in. I thought his non-touchdown in the back of the end zone to Wicks was stunning. You couldn't put that any better. AJ Terrell just made an amazing play on the ball. And you know what? That happens. Like The other guys get paid, too. So I... We'll get into stock up and stock down, but you know, I think Aaron Jones plays in this game, Packers win. That that's like just an easy statement, I think, to make. But yeah, you lose the left side of your line. You cannot get the run game going at all. So you can't get into your play action. You everyone did on I think on offense their 111th for the most part. Um, I don't really I I ragged on AJ Dillon on Packaday listeners watched that I feel a little bit bad about that today because I think the run blocking was also pretty abysmal for him so there's only so much that he can do um so yeah I mean not perfect plenty to work on but it's week two good go and work on it
1: yeah and that's one of the things I wanted to talk about when I said like pre-show that I couldn't wait to dive in because the more you sit back and the more you look and the more you study and kind of watch what happens like A.J. Dillon didn't have a perfect game. And we said last week on the show, like, you cannot expect A.J. Dillon to run the same offense that Aaron Jones can. They're different styles of back. The same offensive plays are not going to work for both of them. That said, the Packers have set up both sides of the ball in a very specific way. They have always valued pass blockers over run blockers. Their offensive line can pass pro their asses off for the entirety of the day. Right? Like Jordan Love is barely getting touched. When it is time to be people movers, their offensive line cannot do that as well. I don't think anybody had like an average grade from PFF. And again, PFF, not the standard, just a metric, but the point stands, right? Like these are guys that can pass block Matt LaFleur's offense. I don't think is designed to be a run blocking offense, which is why he has so much of that like outside zone, a lot of like shifty movement with his running backs. So when you have a running back like AJ Dillon, who's designed to follow his lead blockers, and nobody's lead blocking, he's not going to be successful. And that's not entirely his fault. Right.
0: Especially when you lose probably two of your best lead blockers. Right. I was surprised that Lafleur didn't use more heavy personnel in this. Like, I was surprised we didn't see Josiah DeGuara in there as lead blocker with A.J. Dillon or, you know, even like a Tucker Craft or like any of the other Ben Sims who they used in week one. Like, that was, now that you bring that up. I'm realizing a little bit of a surprise because you're right. You cannot run the same run offense with an AJ Dillon as you can with an Aaron Jones. And I like stop with the toss plays. I mean the toss the toss please. play. Like again, if someone out there is like a scheme expert and wants to explain to me the point of the toss play, does it set up something in the future? Does it test the defense in a way to open up something else potentially? Maybe, but they're not working and it also was it didn't lead to anything i didn't that i could see so the toss plays work with maybe an emmanuel wilson or an aaron jones or jaden reed but it's not going to work with aj dillon you're not catering to his skill set and i feel like he's getting a lot of heat from myself included sorry aj you know but there are some moments where he his skill set should have created some momentum Right. And I think specifically on, you know, short yardage conversions. And you should not have to be challenging, you know, the ruling on the field for a yard. It should not be third and one and you're getting tripped up on on yourself, on the lineman, whatever it is. Like you are 250 pounds, just push. And he did. There were there are a handful of runs where he moved that pile and you're like, that's AJ Dillon I know and love. But not in key moments. And unfortunately there was a third and one they desperately need to convert on third down to keep time of possession, not give the Falcons back the ball, not have to put the defense back out there after getting gashed by B. John Robinson and they couldn't do it. And that's why they lost the game.
1: And I think it's frustrating too, because obviously you can't expect Matt LaFleur to be like, well, it's not working. Let's abandon the run. Like that's not productive for your offense either, because then you become one dimensional, but there were so many moments throughout the game where it was like, all right, first down, And we're going to rush for one yard and then it's second and nine. And we're already like behind the sticks and we're losing momentum. And for a young offense that like Jordan love needs rhythm and he needs consistency and he needs to get the ball out quickly. And it just felt like so much of this day was him playing behind the sticks. Like at one point, you know, I think in his presser today, he said something about the team needing juice. And that's when Jordan scrambled for that 24 yarder and like got up, you know, talking his talk and that's, he can make some of those moments happen. But it's like you said, he shouldn't necessarily have to be a superhero at this point. And we like it. You know, we want to see those glimpses of him doing that. But it just felt like for as creative as we expected the LeFleur offense to be. And there were moments of it. He, I thought he called a beautiful first half. But yes. it, it sometimes it's like you wonder if he's calling for his old quarterback and he's forgetting like, hey, we need to have, you know, a different style for this one. Yeah. Going into this until he gets comfortable.